Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Aren't we at Origins right now? We totally are. Nonlinear podcasting strikes again. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And for tonight's topic, well, we're at Origins right now. Or at least it is the morning after Origins and we all have to get back to our respective homes. But we love you too much not to leave you with an episode to listen to while we are recovering and traveling, etc., etc. So... So tonight's another grab bag episode. Our next episode will be our Origins Recap, where we'll tell you all about the trip uh, and the games we played. And then after that, we'll go back to kind of our normal stuff. Yep. So for now, though, we're going to dive into some questions. Question number one is from Ryan Swan, who's got some Ditch Lily trivia questions. Yes. My favorite. <laughs> uh, these two questions are related, so I'm going to ask you them. Um, I'm going to ask you both of them, and then we'll just break it down and answer each one. Right. Sure. Uh, question number question number one a. Why don't the ditch lilies perform together anymore? And question one mm-hmm. b. What is the inciting incident that you hope might change that one day? Right. Well, I mean, unfortunately, as we know, Lily and Meg. Yep. yep. In yep. 2005, go ahead. In 2005, yep. In in 2005, July of 2005. Yep, absolutely. Lily and Megan broke up again. At the Iowa State Fair. Yeah. Yeah. They were playing at the Iowa State Fair, and uh, and they broke up again. They had a they they had a falling out. Mm-hmm. Lily was a little bit passionate, and Megan was kind of like, "Well, she needs her space again." Right in that really chill Megan way, right? Yeah, that unflappable, that unflappable kind of thing. In fact, I think that's actually what kind of started the fight was that uh, right. Lily was really upset about just kind of you know the struggle with the that summer's tour and everything else. And you know, Megan was fine; she was gigging and you know didn't really care. But it got heated, and they uh, they split right after that show. Right. So. So they split, and then um, Megan Megan headed back out east. And and like you know, because that's that's kind of where her roots are, and started gigging um, with some other people. But like she hasn't. I mean, obviously everybody knows the name Megan, but you know she hasn't really put down roots with any particular band um, at this point. But you know she's doing fine. Um, you know I, I keep track of her a little bit. You know where she's been playing and stuff. And then Lily. Lily met this other woman. We heard that her name is what Marsha. Yep. Well, Lily went west. So right, Lily um, went west. Yeah, Lily went west and wound up in Portland. Mm-hmm. And uh, met this woman named Marsha, and they settled down and uh, they opened a coffee house together. Yeah, like you do in Portland. So, yeah, I've been there actually. I was there when I was in Portland. It's that's cute. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear, I hear that like on Friday nights and stuff, like Lily just like breaks out the acoustic guitar and just like kind of jams out. Right. I it's I was so sad that I was not there on a Friday. Ugh. Like she wasn't actually there, but you know, it's um, yeah. 
<laughs> so without Lily and Megan together, like the band just kind of went its separate ways. The other right. girls, like, you know, the other girls, the other girls took off. Uh, Ashley is uh, ac- actually a real estate agent in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Michelle, Michelle is still playing as well. She's uh, in LA. She's a studio player. She plays, you know, just like a lot of um, studio stuff, like for other bands and things like that. Yeah, it gives her less opportunity to set things on fire. Right. probably good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the girls are split up and it's been some time that's passed. So let yeah. me ask you, uh, mm-hmm. what do you think is the inciting incident that might change that one day? Oh, man. I am pretty confident based on history and their track record that if at some point for some reason... Megan and Lily end up together again, like Megan just needs to end up in that coffee shop on a Friday night or something like if they can just see each other again and just smooth that over, like just figure out whatever it is, then I think I think the band is back. I mean, that's. I totally agree, right? So, like, based on their history, I don't even think they'll have to smooth anything out. I think if they actually, if Megan just walks into that coffee shop, right. like, it's, <laughs> I mean, I actually feel kind of bad. For Marsha? I feel bad for Marsha because if Megan shows up, like, Lily's, Lily will literally run off with her. Um, yeah. Time and time again, that's happened. And, no, it, it's inevitable. Right. And, and it's tough yeah. because, you know. I'm a fan of of those two, and I would love to see them together and playing music again. But you know, I'm sure Marsha's nice, you know, nice woman, and you know that'd be pretty rough. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't meet her either. I don't think, but like, I had a pleasant experience. Um, you know, it's down on the river, and it's cute. It's in one of those little like shopping areas, and that's awesome. You know, there's some record stores around there and stuff like. I mean, it's, it's, it's cute. It, it's it, for, for Lily to settle down. It is a place I would expect her to settle down in. Yeah. It's, it's the, you know, it's that weird, you know, it's Portland. It's right. very much like, yeah. and, and she's not, she's like much closer to downtown, not like up by the rich people in the hospital, like, you know, but so I don't know. It was cute. It, I, I enjoyed it. They make good coffee. I think they roast their own beans even. Nice. Nice. And they have like five kinds of chai. Oh, there you go. I know, you're a big fan. I'm a big fan. Apparently, Lily's a big fan, too, so... Anyway, we should move on to our next question. (laughs) We absolutely should. So, our next question comes to us from um, Jonathan Lavalli, who asked us on Twitter, how do you run comedy games? Forget comedy in games. Comedy games themselves have their own challenges. Absolutely. Comedy games are super tricky. Um, I have run a couple... In my day, um, I have run uh, Paranoia, and I've run uh, Tune, and probably a few other things. Um, I, the, I, the best the best advice I heard that I can apply to comedy games is actually advice I heard uh, from Ken Height talking about horror games. Yeah. And, and that is that you can't actually make anyone scared in a horror game. Uh, people have to let themselves be scared. So there's a buy-in that everyone at the table has to have. Like if you're going to run a comedy game, everybody has to come together um, and buy in, like be in the mood and be wanting to play a comedy game so that you can just open up yourselves to 
to go to that space where you can kind of accept and reciprocate humor. So, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, cause if you go, like, if you set up the table and like, we're going to play like this wicked comedy game tonight and somebody's like, ah, oh, I just want to be like an orc bashing, you know, like bashing dwarves, like you're going to feel it, right? Like the energy just mm-hmm. will suck like right, yep. like right from that seat. Yep. Um, Whereas if every yeah, whereas if everybody comes in and they're in a light mood and they're like, yeah, we're totally going to play tune and it's silly and ridiculous and whatever, I can't wait. Like you, like everybody buys in, it opens up the possibilities for comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it also helps a lot if you have players, GM included, who have a good sense of comedy, right? Which means they have a sense of timing and comedic timing. Um, so that they can make things happen in the funny way, in in it, it that they have a sense of irony, right? Mm-hmm. And then they know how to deliver things in the funny way, and and to use things like you know literary devices that we know work. So things like the rule of threes, that's not just for like drama and stories. It works really well in comedy too, because the third time you tell a joke in a in an ongoing series, it's usually funnier. Now, after that, it gets less funny. Again, there's some research right. on this, but, you know, you know, to, to have that kind of content and people who are aware of it and working with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and comedy is also a trope. So it has its own associated, like it has, it, it, I should say comedy is its own genre. So it has its own associated tropes, right? The callback. Yes. Um, you know, that's very much a, a comedic structure, the rule of three, like you said. So yeah. uh, one can go on to one can go on to TV tropes and actually look oh, yes. at comedic tropes. And, you know, if one has consumed a lot of um, comedic media, um, it also helps greatly, um, which which kind of brings us to the next thing you need, which is um, you need good source material. Uh, For reals. Yeah. Comedy games that you ad lib from nothing. Like, honestly, you need, like, really more comedic players, like, a comedic group to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're, like, the one-shot group, like... Oh, yeah. You can you can ad-lib a comedy game out of thin air. <laughs> you're uh-huh. fine. Uh-huh. But if you're with, like, your nightly home group, then you're going to want a game with, like, good source material that uh, gives you the potentials for funny. So, like, in Paranoia... The uh, I'm a huge fan, and while I'm not a huge fan of of many published adventures, the published adventures that came out with the original Paranoia were some of just the most ridiculous and funny uh, things I had like read. Uh, I still stand by pretty much all of the original Paranoia adventures, so like Yellow Clearance, Black Box Blues, and uh, Send in the Clones, and Me and My Shadow, Mark Seven, like. All of those are like some of the just the funniest things and, and they're easily mineable. Like if you just even if you don't use the whole adventure, just the the content of them is will get you there. Um same thing with Tune. Tune was exceptionally good at being um super tropey for Saturday morning, like Looney Tune cartoons. Really funny stuff. Um so I do think source material plays a huge part in um in making for a good comedy game, but everything that we've said before about skilled players and buy-in and everything else is, you know, all these things have to kind of come together. Right. Actually, it's really funny. I think the most comedic game that I continuously run is 
all out of bubble gum because the structure of the game lends itself to being stupid crazy, right? And then because I run it in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like you're doubling down. Right. You're doubling down on your <laughs> right. on your wackiness. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh yeah. So the other thing about comedy is and much like horror, you can't force it. So you can't you can't put a scene in that's like I'm going to I'm we're going to do the scene cuz this scene is funny. Right. No. no. Scenes have the potential to be funny. And yes. then the players will engage with it if they find it to to be funny. You cannot force you cannot force funny. You merely have to present and hope to evoke a reaction. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Just like you can't force any real investment, but there are tricks for getting it, right? And those all still apply. The other episode that we will refer you to is actually our episode on Crazy Games, which is way back early in our catalog, but pretty much all the things that apply to Crazy Games in terms of, like, escalating and all of that kind of stuff also apply to comedic games and that is um so that's a reason you'll find that these tend to be one shots or they run very episodically all of that kind of stuff because you deal with escalation and crazy and funny frequently go hand in hand so a lot of the times when i talk about my crazy games they are also the ones where we just laugh for the entire time like they're really funny right because they're off the wall yeah, I mean, episodic games, I think, are great for loony and wacky kinds of comedy. Yes. Um, yeah. So, like, I, in the past, have run many, many a paranoia one-shot, which inevitably are just wacky and kind of nuts. But right. there was a period in my life where I actually ran a paranoia campaign. Um, yeah. And the comedy of that went stopped being wacky and started to be very satirical. Like, right. It would have to. Yeah, like, it right? became... It became a lot less about like the zaniness of of vaporizing people, and it became more of the like biting sarcasm and and satire of how nuts Alpha Complex is, like just right. how nuts the computer is and stuff like that. So, right, um, it would have to because in actuality, that setting, despite the way that it plays really wacky, if you do it for a short period of time, is actually kind of dark, right? Yes. Plus, you, <laughs> plus you can't chase the curve. Uh, right, to, you, borrow, that's, to borrow a BDSM term, um, right. you can't you can't chase the curve session after session with a wacky comedy game because you can only get so wacky before it's ludicrous, like before you literally drop the earth on a character to you know like to you know to smash him into pieces, right? Like so, the thing is, um, and and the the escalation point is why I also refer people to that crazy games episode because we talked about that a lot and handling it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's it is definitely something if you're going to run it as a campaign, you got to be aware of. Yep. Get a deal. So with. have some timing, good source material, get buy-in, mm-hmm. don't force it. Yep. Our next question comes from the indomitable PK Sullivan who asks us to discuss food in RPGs. And since we're at Origins and we've eaten so much amazing food by Monday morning, let's yep. let's do it. Let's talk about food in RPGs. Yep. So what's so what's the least interesting use for food yeah. in RPGs? So I think the least interesting way to use food in a game is as a resource, right? Like so you're like, "Oh, we have rations." Hey. So not all games press really hard on this, but you hit some stuff like D&D and Dungeon World that kind of plays with some of that sense, right? That like you've got rations, 
And officially, you're supposed to count these rations so that you don't starve. And then you go to D&D and Pathfinder and stuff. You've got rules about what happens if you starve and all that kind of thing, right? Or like Torchbearer is more stringent about it, too. I haven't actually oh, yeah. played it, so I'm taking your well, word for Torchbe- it. Well, Torchbearer is super stringent about all kinds of resources and what's in your pack and all that stuff. Right. So a lot of games skip the rations thing because it's a resource tracking part of the game, right? Like, and, and some of that resource tracking stuff gets really repetitive and isn't always fun. So depending on what the focus of the game is, sometimes people are just like, yep, we're going to cut that part out. That's not, that's not what I'm going for here. But for some games, like when you get into fantasy dungeon crawls, um, or if you're playing a specific style of D&D or whatever it is, rations can be interesting because it is a limited resource, so it is actually influencing the decisions you're making, right? Because you may be deciding, do we go down this hallway or not? Do we have enough food to last us for another couple of days if, you know, something happens or whatever it is, right? Yeah, exactly. In that respect, it can help to lead to interesting decisions about whether, you know, we push to go to another level or whether we fall back to the safety of the town, etc. I mean, and it can also be things like, you know, when I was playing a lot of D&D, we explored everything. We were like, ooh, a dungeon. We are going into every single room. But we weren't tracking rations, right? So, like, if you're going into a dungeon and you have a week's worth of rations and you go three days in, you're not, ne- you, like, you're not necessarily going to want to go through every single room. You may be like, oof, it's going to take us three days to get back out of here, right? Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. so you have to make really key decisions about what you explore and that kind of thing. So it can be interesting in terms of making those decisions as well. Yep. Indeed. But that's the least interesting use for food there's a much more interesting use for food in RPGs, and that is as part of culture, the culture and identity of a given people. Food is uh, food's a thing that can actually tell us about a culture, about its surrounding geography, uh, and even at times, even the history of a people can be told through their food. And it's a place that, as GMs, when we talk about describing things, it's a place we should consider putting details in. Uh, as we talk about a particular location or people. Right. So the most common trope that you run into with this is the foreign cuisine, spelled like queasy with cuisine, Mm -hmm. right? This is a a TV trope. This is a TV trope. And the idea is one culture's food is gross to the people who are visiting. Sure. You know, this is the, you know, you've traveled from a foreign land and they are like, oh, of course, sit down and have dinner. And they open up the dish and it's like some sort of bugs. Right. Like right. mealworms and monkey brains. Exactly. Um, yep. And that is a uh, pretty, that is a pretty heavily hammered trope. So we can do better than that. Yeah, um, we can. We can do a lot better than that as GMs. We can be more subtle about describing differences in food. So what we can do like the quick, like kind of the quick tip for this is take a food and make an ingredient substitution for something that's iconic for either this, this group of people or this region. And I'll give a, a brief example. When I was running my um, fantasy world, El Hall, the part of the continent that was predominantly 
pine trees. So like when I mean pine trees, I mean like pine trees and redwoods were like, like if pine trees were redwoods, the land of Kokala, like everybody lived in these pine trees and stuff like that. So their alcoholic drink of choice uh, was called pine brew, which was made from the sap of the pine trees. It was a fermented sap, but it was like beer. But like a bit more, I guess, kind of like a bad IPA, right? Because it was like a bit more of a piney <laughs> taste, right? Yeah, it's super piney. Well, I don't know if it'd be like a, it wouldn't be hoppy or would it? I mean, maybe. I mean, I never went into it into deep, in, you know, into deep flavor profiles, but just kind of always described it as, you know, what you did with, you know, if beer was made from, you know, pine sap. Pine sap, yeah. Yeah, and that was, and that like, and that was like, you know, that just acknowledges like. For some things, there's kind of a universality of how we prepare foods. So it's, you know, in many cases, just a little different based on like what you have around you, right. you know, that kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. And that's, that's how we tend to do things as we work with what's around us. But there are definitely like things that we tend to, like if you're going to make an alcoholic thing, there are certain processes that it goes through, right? Absolutely. Uh, and, and with that... That was a few pulls from the grab bag. So we're going to relax and enjoy Origins and get home today while you enjoy this. Our next episode is going to be our Origins recap, like we said before. And before we take off and close out the show, let's talk about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yep. So on the Wednesday evening podcast, all stars, Brett, Tom, Kevin, Chris, and Emily get together and play games that get edited down into an audio drama for your ears, sound effects and all. Join this crew of all star players as they create stories from the games that you love. Say, Senda, where can people find us on social media? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark Google Plus community. Or you can send us an email if you prefer, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they have that information, what can they do with it? By all means, please send us topics uh, that we can talk about on the show. We love to do the things that you want to hear from us. We try so hard to answer all of them, uh, and we will get to them eventually. So send us your topics. We'll either throw them in a grab bag uh, and do some short answers, or uh, we'll blow them out to full episodes when we think that there's um, sufficient meat on the bone, so to speak, since we're ending on food. Uh, and send up <laughs> what else can people do with our social media information? Well, you can also send us your table selfies. So the next time that you are sitting down to play a game with those awesome peeps, we would love to see it, especially if you're playing a Ditch Lilies game or a comedic game, or if you want to tell us about the cool food culture thing that you created and designed for your game, because that stuff is interesting and neat. So if you have any of those things, or if you're just playing, take a selfie of you and that table of awesome people, hashtag table selfie, and post it on the social media of your choice, and we will swing by and like it. Twitter's the best. Indeed. If you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, consider supporting our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of good things like the crazy-ass bonus outtakes from this show, <laughs> the um, after show from the Misdirected Mark uh, show. Various other goodies that we all put together, uh, including crossword puzzles and parody songs and early peeks at games that Encoded Designs is developing, etc., etc. We also like to shout out to our patrons, and we're going to do so tonight. I'm going to run just run right through this. I'm going to keep us as close to time as possible. Uh, <laughs> shout outs to Eric Jefferson, the Lord of Endurance. Good Thanks, title, Eric. man. Good title. <laughs> Nods approvingly. 
<laughs> Rob Bush, thank you so much. Thanks, and Rob. James Intercasto. Thanks, James. I'm I, I I didn't know he was a patron of the show, but I don't know, but that's awesome. Well, he's a patron of the network, so yeah, he's a patron I'm of the network. Sure, he's a down with D and D guy. Well, you know, whatever. I feel we like, can still thank I feel him. Like, yeah, but we thank him anyway. Still. Thanks, um, James. Hey, Thanks. besides backing the uh, Patreon campaign, what is another thing that people can do that makes us oh so ever happy and uh, hasn't happened uh, in a while? Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Although if you leave it somewhere else, let us know so that we know that it's there because we only check Apple Podcasts. But every review that you leave actually really helps people find the show and... And, and, it makes us feel super warm and fuzzy inside, and despite the fact that for a little while in there I fell off of the torturing Phil because we got a review wagon, I would be really excited if there was another review. Just gonna say, I'd Mm -hmm. be real excited. I might blow up his phone again. That is always a risk. Yep. Say, Senda, tell me what Lily's favorite food is. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. There's a great there is a there is a great line from Jet where she's um she's captured she was captured and tied up and Jet comes into the room where she is and she's lying on this bed tied up and he's like Oh, so he's one of those kind of guys. <laughs> I like I want I like want that immortalized like, oh, he's so he's one of those kind of guys. <laughs> you need that as a gif. Yeah, exactly. So apply it to Twitter as necessary. <laughs> yes. Oh, I wonder if that is a gif. I should just go to gify. Probably real quick. is. Don't look right now. We we need to record this show in oh, 45 that's right. minutes again. 45 minutes. That's right. This is uh 45 this is minutes. the this is the tight form show. Bloop. For our non-linear podcasting friends, uh we're going to be at Origins in a handful of days. Um Yeah. But this drops the Monday while we're at Origins. So we will have done yeah. our um we will have done our 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 panel. Yeah, we will, yeah. and hopefully it was awesome. The one shot in campaign tango. Um, yep. Yeah, so that's cool. And then what we're going to do just to catch people up is that you are listening to this on the Monday um, that we are uh, finishing up Origins later right, like that I'm... later that week on yeah. Thursday. We are going to record our um, Origins wrap up, and then yep. um, we will drop that the Monday after that. Which is to um, do, 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 do the second of July, and that will people will hear. I'm sorry, not the second of July. It can't be 25th, the second of July. Twenty fifth. Going of to the Renaissance Festival on the second of July. Yeah, no, it'll be on the twenty fifth of uh, on the twenty fifth of June. You will hear our origins wrap up. Bloop. We're, we're not going to the show out. Yeah, we're not going to mess around too much because uh, we have three good uh, topics for our show, and yep. uh, we need to get into it. So. Um, and that is, hey, PK, thanks for the fantastic naming idea. I'm totally stealing it. Woot. There we go. You'll figure Carry that on. out when you see the name of the episode. Uh-huh. I'm sure he'll have seen the name of the episode when he hits play, so he'll already know it when I thank him for it. There we go. 
Yeah. Which, if it's a bonus outtake, you'll be thanking him at the end, so he'll have totally seen the episode and heard the whole episode by the time you thank him at right. the end. And then he'll thank him at the end. Right. Because it will be. Weird, and non-linear then, podcasting. Non-linear podcasting. Bloop. Origins. Origins. Running games. Origins. I don't. I, I don't think that's the actual I don't origin know song. No, yeah. what happened that there? Was not, but we didn't really rehearse that. <laughs> I felt like I was singing too high of a register for that. Really? <laughs> Somehow I could go lower. Um, I was like, origins. really? Yeah. I don't know if that was any lower. I, I don't I think it is. I don't the- actually think my voice can go that low. Everyone is always surprised to hear that I am a soprano. I'm not. That's because you have heard me sing a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so people who've heard you sing are not surprised that you're a soprano. Well, people are usually surprised the first time I sing something high that uh, I'm a soprano. Okay. You did it too because you were like, whoa, like you hit a high note. And I was like, well, it wasn't. That high, like I'm not even a first soprano. I'm really kind of a second soprano. Mm. Interesting. You're nodding and smiling like a knowledgeable man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Noted. Stroke beard. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> right as I said it, he started doing it. We were. That's the mind meld we should be having. Uh-huh. Not those weird, awkward moments from the last couple where we were like singing different words and stuff. No, 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 not yeah. at all. Yeah, we gotta we gotta record before I end up recording yes, naked may- because it gets too hot in here. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly at what time in the time thing does that happen? I'm just I just I'm I just wanna be sure. Just ask I'm asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Does... <laughs> um so anyway, we should start the show, huh? Um yeah, I'm gonna just bloop. Yeah, let's start the show. Ish. Okay. Go ahead and meow. 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 Bloop. Boom. Boom. But then we're not gonna waste too much time with the song because Senda's got editing to do. Yeah, I gotta turn this thing around in like a day. Bloop. I'm gonna sneeze. Hang on. Oh. That was such a calm announcement. Oh, I knew it was coming on for a few seconds. I was like, I was right. like, oh, maybe I can stave it off, but totally couldn't no. stave it off. Okay. No. Do you have another one? Are you just a one timer? I I think I'm a one timer. I'm gonna take a drink of water. Just okay. Because like I don't mm-hmm. I don't just sneeze once. Bloop. I I think we probably have a uh, episode reference that we want to make. Oh, I was waiting for you to say the one last line. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, <laughs> chop all this out. Um, <laughs> Yep, still still angry about Chewbacca. Is that what's happening? <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that Chewbacca. Like, the, oh, you know what? When Marvel, when Marvel put on their Star Wars Infinity Gauntlet and blew away the extended universe, I couldn't have been more excited. Oh, fucking Chewbacca's death. That stupid Vuzong bullshit. Oh, fuck that noise. There's gonna oh be. There's a, meanwhile, like the screams of like a million angry EU <laughs> fans just cried out. Sorry, guys. It passed the Thrawn stuff. The EU, like the EU, should have all been lined up against a wall and a bullet put in it. 
All right. That'll anger enough people. All right. Moving right along. Moving right along. Wow. Bloop. That's, that's pretty. What are you? I feel like I can apply can... it to some. Feel like I can apply it to some other stuff. Oh, no. Are we all on board? Never mind. We should just. Oh, God. We should just roll along. Don't mind me. I'm <laughs> Phil. I'm disgusting. Bloop. The least interesting food. Um, you Not the least interesting food. food. <laughs> the, least food in- the least interesting food. Wait, wait. I was thinking about this. Oh, I know what I was thinking about. I had this thought the other morning. What? You were actually thinking about the least interesting food? It wasn't the least interesting food. I was thinking about the, the least sexy food. Right, the least like, sexy food. Okay, right, like, but so, I like, still want to hear it. Okay, so like, so like, if you were gonna have like the least sexy food, so if you were thinking like, you know, like if you were gonna like have food and like you know like do like sexy stuff with food, what would be like the food that would be like an instant turnoff? Right. So, I, after some thought, it's 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 taco meat. Oh, like, God. There's, like, it, there's just nothing sexy about taco meat. Like. No. Just, why? Why was this a thing? I was making tacos the other day, and I was just like, "This uh, is literally the least sexy thing I can all, think of." This suddenly makes so much more right, sense. Right, like pasta, like pasta. You look and hold it up and feed it, right? And like fruits and uh, strawberries and chocolate. Like that's all inherently sexy. But like taco meat, like just like here's a spoon of taco meat, like, have, or just like you know, like pouring taco meat over like your lover god can we move on now right least sexy food ever taco meat (laughs) were you afraid there wasn't gonna be anything for the bonus outtake there you go (laughs) move along i don't remember what you're saying all right take a deep breath i got this this ready i'll lead us back in no 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 this is not the food you're looking for move along (laughs) this is not the food you were looking for all right you ready so, Senda, what's the least interesting use for food in an RPG? Bloop. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Come on. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> oh, you don't boy. have to say it again. You get a clean cut on that. It's fine. It's fine. Bloop. I think the least interesting use for food. God damn it. You can't stop thinking about the taco meat, right? It's all right. It's it's like stuck. Stop. With me, right? what? I'm like imagining like taco porn. They like lay Pour this poor girl some down. Taco meat. They put on some me. taco meat on her, and then they like slather her in salsa. <laughs> like, I feel like you could. I feel like you could redo "Pour Some Sugar on Me" from Def Leppard. Just like pour some, some taco, taco meat on, on me. me. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. Oh, God. I don't know why you're talking about it. I can't help it. You ruined me. Bloop. Oh, my God. If you did no, pour taco no, meat on somebody to... no, afterwards, no. Do, you know what, do you know what they would smell like? Tacos? The beefness. <laughs> Bloop. Couldn't it be turkey taco meat? I make my taco meat with turkey. I guess it's I still equally unsexy. Yeah, it's pretty unsexy because I, I don't do the beefness. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I 
by the way, what time in the show are we at? Uh, yeah, so moving right along. <laughs> no, no, I'm just asking where we are. 32 minutes in. <laughs> no, no, just asking for a friend. Yes, it's getting hot. Moving right along. <laughs> Bloop. So I think the least interesting use of food in a one-shot is... Um, shit, God damn it, you started laughing. I killed Phil. I just... I tried to hold it together. I'm such a professional. Okay. This is where we're demonstrating the comedic use of threes because this is the third time. Okay. We gotta get this locked See down. how Let's it's gotten drink. funnier? Bloop. All right. So I think the least... What's the word you're saying? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> He's also laughing really hard. It's not just me, but you probably can't. <laughs> Interesting is you the word that we're using. Here. You just locked up. As soon as you locked up, I was like, sexy? Sexy, I know. That's the problem. Bloop. It's really getting hot in here. We've got to finish this episode. Really? <laughs> Bloop. So I think the least interesting thing that you can use food as <laughs> No. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't say Oh god, we're gonna lose the segment. Come on, no, you gotta get through it. No, no we can't we're not cut gonna the lose segment. the segment. Come on. No, we're gonna finish it no matter what. It's okay if I have to edit more, it's too good. Bloop. Yeah, you know, I think it's chicken tikka masala. Do Oh, show me what you got. Show me what you got. What song are we? What are we? I was just following you. Oh, God. Following you. I trusted you. Show me what you got. I trusted you to lead me there. Show me what you got. 46 minutes. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. What a taco meat. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I tweeted it already. Oh my god, you did? Okay, well, I'll go retweet it in a second. But. Uh, by the way, by the <coughs> way, if, if the Ditch Lilies were a magical girl game, um, Lily would be air. Uh-huh. Um, Megan would be earth. Would right? she be earth boom, or would she boom. be water? No, Megan, boom, boom, boom. She's like earth. No, but she's like so zen. Chill? She okay, just fine. Flows Megan's with it, water. Right? Okay. Right? So Lily's air, Megan's water, Ashley's obviously fire. Obviously, yeah, and then Michelle would be Earth because she's pretty down to Earth. Yeah, she's pretty down to Earth. She's like the like down to Earth member of the band. That's why we don't talk about her all the time. Yeah, that's what happens. Not crazy. Anyway, we got to wrap this up. We got to (laughs) wrap. We got to go. Bye. Bye. Look, I'm not naked.